Welcome to Cohen & Company's Chief Insights Podcast, a thought leadership series designed for C-level executives, board members, and other top decision makers. Hello, I'm Olivia Ringler, a senior accountant with Cohen & Company. Welcome to this episode of Chief Insights. Today, we are going to talk about sales tax collection, specifically what your organization can do to minimize the risks in light of the Wayfair decision. I'm joined by Sarah Britt, a director in our tax department who has spent a lot of time since the Wayfair decision came out in June, working with clients to help them identify their risks and prepare for their new compliance obligations. Thanks, Olivia. I'm happy to be here and talk about the impact of the Wayfair decision on businesses. Um, We have been getting a lot of questions from companies since the decision came out in June, and we're really working with companies on how the decision is going to impact their sales and use tax procedures, both historically and going forward. So what is the background of sales tax collection? Where were we before the Wayfair decision? Sure. So the background is there had been an old court case called Quill. And what that court case did, it said before a state can require an out-of-state seller to collect sales tax on its behalf, the out-of-state seller had to have physical presence in the state. So if you think if you walk into, you know, your local retail store, um, you pay sales tax at that point of sale. Because really the company is acting as an agent of the state. Sales tax liability is borne by the customer, not the seller. The seller is just an agent to collect it. So what the Supreme Court had said in Quill was in order for that collection to be required, that seller has to be physically present in your state. With the Wayfair decision, though, that's changing. What is the significance of the Wayfair decision and what does it actually do? So what the Wayfair decision has done is it's really now the culmination of years of erosion to the Quill standard where states began challenging uh, what physical presence meant. It could be click-through nexus, where you click through a company's website to get to yours. If you have an affiliate in the state, um, if you use internet cookies to track customer activity on your website, states became increasingly aggressive as to what physical presence was, so they could require more and more companies to collect sales tax on their behalf. What started happening before the Wayfair decision, we moved from this brick-and-mortar-based economy to a more e-commerce-based economy. So states began enacting economic nexus statutes that said if you exceeded a dollar threshold or a transaction threshold, you had to collect sales tax in my state. Um, At the time, that was in clear violation of Quill, so no one had actually started to enforce these yet. So what happened was South Dakota enacted their law for economic nexus, and basically put in um, a way to expedite the court cases, anything related to that statute, which is what brought us to the Wayfair decision in the Supreme Court. Um, Back in June, the Supreme Court issued their decision where basically what they said was physical presence is no longer required. So they overruled that Quill standard. Now they're saying as long as you meet these economic nexus thresholds that a state establishes and there's other protections will be sufficient for a state to require you to collect sales tax on their behalf. Something important to note with this though is the economic nexus statutes don't actually replace the physical presence standards. Um, If you're physically present in a state, even if you don't meet these thresholds, 
you could still have a sales tax collection obligation. So, Sarah, what does the Wayfair decision actually mean to companies? To the listeners that are listening to the podcast, why should they be concerned about this Wayfair decision? Well, the short answer really is it means their cost of business is going to go up. Um, They're going to have to look at possible new software to handle additional sales tax compliance. They may need to hire new employees to handle the sales tax compliance use consultants to help them with new sales tax compliance. There's going to be a lot of additional costs that that company is going to have to incur in order to become compliant for sales tax collection going forward. Right now, there are more than 30 states that have already enacted these economic nexus thresholds, and they're going to require sales tax collection and remittance if you know they either meet a dollar threshold or a transaction threshold. Most states have adopted either a $100,000 or 200 or more transactions as their economic nexus threshold. Of those 30 states, about 20 of them are currently in effect as of October 1st of this year. So really it's to this time now is companies need to act now. This is not something that they can wait on. Um, If you've met the thresholds in these states already and you're not collecting, you're already non-compliant with the state compliance laws now. You know, Wayfair was an online retailer. Why doesn't the dis- the Wayfair decision just apply to online retailers? Why why is this going to have a broader impact on companies that have business other than online retail sales? Really, even though Wayfair itself is an online retailer, the way the stat- state statutes are worded is they refer to remote sellers. So they're looking for sellers that are just not physically based in their state. So it could be someone as simple as You're a manufacturer in Ohio and you sell to five states outside of Ohio. Um, It doesn't matter if those sales are done online or not. The way the states are looking at this is saying, you're a remote seller, you're making sales into my state, you should be collecting sales tax on on my behalf. Since we now know it's not related to online retailers, it's going to affect every type of business, what do companies need to start doing now so that they can start to be in compliance with all these new laws and regulations. So companies really need to review and update their current processes and procedures around sales tax collection. They need to look both their historic activities as well as develop their business plan for going forward. Uh, Companies are going to need to evaluate whether they had physical presence historically in a state. Uh, If they did, they need to be able to then say, what is my risk? What, what kind of sales tax liability is associated with that historical activity? And what steps do I need to take to remediate that kind of activity? Companies are going to need to review what their current accounting system is. Um, is it capable of maintaining sales tax rates? Is it capable of making tax determinations for them? They're going to need to look at their staffing. Do they have enough current employees that they can have someone dedicate several days a month to sales tax compliance? Do they need to think about outsourcing that compliance or possibly hiring um, a temporary help solution that you can bring someone in, you know, a few days a month just to help with your sales tax compliance? But any of those options are going to be an additional cost to the company. So it's something they need to start thinking about now as they're determining budgets, especially as you're determining budgets for future years, you need to account for those additional costs of doing business now. So for the business owners, you know, what are the risks if they um, sit back 
uh, and do nothing, what what is the potential liability that the company could be opening themselves up to? So sales tax is something that the ultimate tax liability is usually borne by the consumer, that the company is the one who collects it on behalf of the state and remits it over, but they don't actually bear that liability. If companies don't act now and do something to address their either historic or prospective sales tax collection requirements, that tax liability is going to become theirs. They are now going to be the person that has to write that check to a state for sales tax that should have been paid but wasn't. Now, there's options to remediate that. They can reach out to their customers to see if their customer already paid the sales tax directly to the state themselves. But a lot of customers, especially if it's going to individuals, they don't do that. And then the business is going to have to say, okay, do I want to go back to my customers and try to collect that sales tax after the fact? It's it's becoming more common for companies to do that, but it's still not a routine everyday procedure. And it's really a business decision that companies have to make based on their relationships with their customers. So if they don't do anything, they are going to have to pay that liability themselves and they may not be able to recoup it. So with the Wayfair decision making waves in the sales tax area, could we see any of these changes overflow to other state taxes in the future? Yes. I think the Wayfair decision will have an impact on all state and local taxes. Wayfair specifically dealt with sales tax, as did the Quill decision. And just as Quill's physical presence requirement extended beyond sales tax, its reversal in Wayfair is likely going to do the same thing. I anticipate that as state legislators convene in 2019, we will see a lot of activity regarding the Wayfair decision and extending its reach beyond sales tax to include all state and local taxes. We've covered some really interesting points here that will help owners understand the impact of this decision and why it is really important for them to um, get ahead of this and make sure that they have procedures in place. What is one takeaway that you hope the listeners leave with today? I'd say the one takeaway I really would like the business owners to have from this is don't make your customer sales tax liability your own business liability. Don't be the one who has to write that check and not be able to get recouped for it. I think that's a great takeaway. That will wrap up today's podcast. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you to everyone who joined us today. Hope you have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Chief Insights. Subscribe to this podcast series at cohencpa.com slash podcasts. To gain more insights that may impact you, visit us at cohencpa.com slash impact. Cohen and Company is not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Information contained in this podcast is considered accurate as of the date of recording. Any action based on information in this podcast should only be taken after a detailed review of the specific facts, circumstances, and current law.